Didn't you just play with him on a show at 40 West? Probably, yeah, like last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, you're not the first person to, to come in wondering who's that song or talking about that. It's becoming pretty popular amongst the guests. I'm like, that's a cool-ass song, man. I liked it as soon as I heard it. Um, we are in here today with Nikki Jackson again. She's going to get us uh, caught up on the new projects and all that. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yes. A little tired? It's early. Yeah. Well, um, um, we have a, a bit of a list we can maybe go over. Um, basically, all I had was make sure you have marijuana. So, Love that. Indeed. We are on the back patio today. Live smoke session. Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. And it's, uh, it's been a weird week. I got hacked. We got our shit stolen. Well, that's not fun. Ugh, fucking hate thieves. But, you know, it's something you got to freaking deal with in the days today's today's you know yeah so how you been good i've been good it's been a really good summer so far like a week into it but yeah i know i was i was thinking this morning it'd be great to be on the back patio it's nice sun's out and now it's cloudy and i don't know what's gonna happen but <laughs> we'll see yeah it'll be all right worst things could happen i'm sure it's not like we're have a tornado about to blow up our ass or maybe we do it is that time you never know (laughs) don't speak too soon there well what's what's been going on uh since we think you were here in like uh, october november something like that it's been a while it's been a few months like that so uh how's how's the things going and uh, what's been uh, happening everything's great i just released a single uh at the end of april called bad habits so that's going well um i've got another one that's going to be coming out at the beginning of July that I haven't actually like announced yet. So I guess that's... Is this the announcement? It's the announcement. <laughs> this is it. Working title or just still kind of... I'm not going to say too much about okay. it. I, but I, I, I'll just say, right. I've got another one coming out beginning of July that right. I'm really excited about. It's going to cool. be good. New single in July. Cool. Are you uh, working with Cody and kind of the same band and all that stuff? Yeah. So, well, right now I'm primarily doing solo stuff. Um, I'm trying to get away from like... Because Cody and I were kind of doing like a cover band thing with our duo. And I'm really trying to get away from that and just play shows where I can do original stuff primarily. Um, So we're still doing some stuff here and there. But I'm mostly just working on like solo projects and then also working on getting a band together for that. So, Yikes. Sorry. Damn. Turn my phone volume off and it still vibrates the shit out of the table. So, Well, um, so... Has there? What have you seen since like the COVID? Because COVID was still pretty heavy duty last time you were you were on. And yeah. like, have, have you seen it open up a lot more? And yeah, it's been crazy. It just feels like it's been almost nonstop. Like, it, I feel like it definitely came back or is coming back a little bit stronger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's overwhelming at times. Just how much stuff is going on and how many shows are happening. And it is the festivals is overwhelming to me. And it's like, I, I understand why that market is booming right now because there's a rush to want to see as much as possible because we've yeah. been packed up for a couple years. But, um, man, those are exhausting. Yeah. You know, it's just so much to consume and, and it's usually multiple days of it. He's way better at it than me. Uh, even the Norman Music Fest wore me out, man. <laughs> and that was just right in my own hometown. Yeah. But I, I like it. I like seeing the action. Um, just kind of curious how has it been that same trajectory even at the local scene as far as getting people out of the house, wanting to see. Yeah, it's just you know. been crazy. I feel like it just gets busier and busier every month. Um, and like the places I play, there's just more and more packed every time. Like it hasn't, it, I don't feel like it's really, like it started to kind of pick up the last few months and it doesn't feel like it's like slowed down or really leveled out. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure come like September, October, it's going to be a whole different. Well, yeah. I mean, but, um, <laughs> it's an election year. Of course there's going to be chaos then. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's been exciting. 
I like it. I feel pretty hopeful about where things are going, and I think it's just going to continue to grow and grow. One thing I've heard from musicians uh, local here and uh, talking to them is that there's much more of an openness to hear original tunes than previous, maybe before COVID. I don't even. I don't know if it's like more of an openness to hear them or if people like for me personally I just ran out of fucks to give and was like <laughs> I don't care like if I'm gonna spend all my time and energy doing this I'm gonna do it the way I want to do it yeah. and I'm tired of playing cover songs so I just don't want it anymore <laughs> so I don't know if it's really more of an openness or like how much of the oh nobody wants to hear original music was actually just like people not wanting to like play or people assuming you know right. people right. assume nobody wants to hear original music so they don't play it and, you know, people aren't going to like shit they've never heard. Like, you got to give people a chance to hate your shit. Or oh, it. It, it. some songs takes me a long time to really kind of get it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, especially like in the more uh, acoustic singer-songwriter stuff like that you do, mm-hmm. the, the weight of the song is in the lyrical yeah. content, you know. Exactly. Nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And mostly that's the way it is with country music, too, because country is... Usually three chords, one, four, five, and it's usually in a shuffle. Yeah. You know, it's not it's difficult. Yeah. It's but the gravity of the lyrics is what grabs people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, time and place for top forty. And but yeah, if I go into a smoky bar and there's a singer and songwriter up there with an acoustic guitar, I want to hear some. I want to hear their songs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. throwing a cover from time to time. But yeah, but that's me. I'm not. You know, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> So what, uh, you said you're starting another, like a side gig to your side gig. Like what is going on here, girl? So I don't know. Well, I'm going to school (laughs) at ACM at UCO for music business, which is awesome. That's a good program to have. It's great. Um, I love it, but, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I have my whole point of going there is like, I, you know, I wanted better tools to kind of like manage my own career with, um, and I've got that, but I also like have so much, like, I feel like I've got skills now that are like going to waste and things that I've learned at school. And I know I run into a lot of artists that like are starting out like locally and are still kind of figuring out like how to market themselves and, and things like that. And have never heard the term EPK before and don't know what it is or like how to make one. And so I was like, well, I have to take this whole, I took a whole class called artist development, which is essentially like learn how to make an EPK and market yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it'd be a cool, cool kind of side project. Cause I'm always looking for shit to do, um, to just be able to kind of help people that aren't wanting to go through the process of learning all of that and learning how to do it themselves, kind of step in and do it for them. And then, yeah. So, so is, is it more like a consultant type of thing you're looking to get into or? Yeah, basically, it's still kind of like a brand new idea. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but like, I've got one guy I'm working with right now just to help him get. He's wanting to put some stuff up on um, like streaming platforms and kind of explain to him like how to do it. You know, it's not something he couldn't do himself, but he's just like, no, I don't want to deal with it. Like, <laughs> I'd I, rather just pay someone to do it for me. Like, uh, please. <laughs> so, that happens across the board, you know. Yeah, no, I feel like it's really common. Um, so. I don't know. Like before I went to school, I was definitely like, yeah, I'd rather just pay someone to do this for me. Now that I've actually, you know, paid to go learn how to do it myself, it's a little bit different, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm same. I mean, I went to school, learned mechanics and electrical and all that. And I hate working on all that shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel that sometimes you'd rather just pay someone to deal with the shit. But when it comes to like, like what we do music or the podcast, even it's like you're selling a product, you know, your song, Mm -hmm. but that product isn't like a tangible product at a store. It's like when someone takes that, it becomes their thing. Like the lyrics that you had for whatever situation and now they, it's totally their thing. Yep. (laughs) So when you're marketing that, it's almost, you're just selling you really. And it's like, you know, it's hard to look at yourself and think like, okay, what can I sell? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And I think it comes, it's something that feels very unnatural um, for artists, especially artists, you got that like stereotype that it's like, it's just about the art. I just want to make good music. Like it's almost like, it's just completely against your nature to be like, okay, now I have to treat myself like a product and think of like yeah. how to sell myself to people. It's, it's, it's kind of a tricky balance sometimes. It is. And it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm just. It's all new to me too. Yeah. I'm learning how to do this shit, and you know, my biggest battle is just even 
dealing with people because I just don't like dealing with a lot of people. And it's like, I feel that the more you got to go out and shake hands and all that. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's good because you got to do it. It's, yeah. it's like musicians that complain about touring, but they tour for like nine months straight. And it's like the, the devil's in the, like it's yeah. nature of the beast. You have to, you have to, Yeah. but I don't have to like it. Yeah. Do I? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the going out and getting to meet all the people, but that's only because like I don't know. Like I'm not a social person unless I'm in a group of other musicians. Same. And then it's like, okay, same. y'all aren't real people, so it's not <laughs> <laughs> like very much the same. Yeah. Yes. I'm I, I, that's what I'm, my wife always thinks is funny. Like I'm social anxious anxiety. I don't like being in crowds, but a concert, I'm usually pretty cool yeah you know it's i don't know i'm around my people yeah exactly <laughs> pause for the cause there what a little oh. pause for the cause there oh. how was that you like that strawberry midnight was in this strain nice. i got it from danks great the girls over there were like uh you know i said i have a guest on the show shout out to desiree and shelly they're they're my my the go-to because they always lay me out with like what it is, what's in it, the percentages, and all like shit, man. All right, cool. That's great. <laughs> so, shout out to those girls. Hope you liked it. I hope I didn't get you so stoned. No, it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was tasty. It was good. Well, um, I lost my place there. You probably have to edit this out. That airplane, motherfucker. Is it picking it up? No, it's not. I can tell. Fucking a. Sorry, everybody. This is a new thing. Back patio show here. Back patio. <laughs> so, um, what are some upcoming gigs? I mean, this show will drop on the 13th, which will be Tuesday after the upcoming one. Hold on, let me look at my schedule. Gosh, I know so I'm unprepared. To know. I, well, no, because I was actually <laughs> thinking about it on the way here, and then I was like, I have no fucking clue when this show's going to actually be out, so I don't know. But it's okay. Here we go. So you said this will be the 13th? Yeah. Cool. So that Thursday, that's exciting. I have Nikki, or Nikki and Cody. I started to say our duo name. Duo name. Cody and I. Nikki and Cody, name of the duo. Um, we've got a little run of shows that weekend. So that Thursday we'll be at the Silver Stallion in Mustang. That Friday the 17th we'll be at the Orient, which is out in Blair, Oklahoma. Blair, Oklahoma. Where's that? Jackson County. It's like down by Altus, basically. Oh, okay. Um, and then that weekend we'll be in Fort Worth at the Rhinestone Saloon. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Driving to Fort Worth is always something to get my blood pumping. Woo! I don't know about the drive. <laughs> Once we're down there, it's going to be a good time. I, I We went down there to – I built a guitar for this guy in a band out of California, and it's – then COVID happened, and it's like, oh, shit, you know, and no tours, no nothing, no travel. So finally it opened up, and they were at Trees in Dallas. I'm like, cool, I'll just shoot down there, hand this thing off, finally be able to say I did this thing and take a picture. Ah, ha, ha. Ooh, I don't like Dallas. <laughs> ah, <ooh. laughs> That is chaos squared, man. Oh, man. I'd, I, yeah, I didn't really uh, enjoy that too much. But, again, that goes back to not being in a crowd. Situations just don't really jive with me either. So, But um, all in all, it was a great time. You know, yeah. Hanging out with a rock and roll band is rarely a bad time. Right. So. I mean, it depends on your definition of, you know, <laughs> yeah. how you define a good and bad time. Good and bad times, yeah. But- it's always a good story, I feel like, afterwards. Well, like, what are some of your your favorite um, moments, like, in a, in a set or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I can't. You can't? <laughs> I can't. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> I mean, just like, I mean, what keeps you coming back to playing music? I it's mean, just fun. I have a good time all the time. Like, I don't know. Especially, like, when I'm playing live. It's weird, because, like, playing live and then, like, writing music, two very, like, separate things. And, like, I didn't really perform. I had really bad stage fright. I grew up performing, but I had really bad stage fright until I was, like, in my 20s and quit for a while and then came back. And so, like, prior to that, I don't know. Being on stage was, like, the worst thing ever, and I hated it. And it was kind of like, oh, I have to do this, because, like, it's what you do. 
But now it's just like I have so much fun up there. I don't really think about what's going on most of the time. You know, I'm just off in my own world. And okay, the different modes though, like playing, like you said, is a little more loose, a little more fun. Like yeah, uh, versus songwriting. Like, what's your kind of process there? Songwriting is just emotional. Like for, that's a very serious thing for me, and I don't like. It's not very often that like. I'm writing from just a place of like creativity and using my imagination. Like it's always almost always like me just like doing some kind of therapy for myself. Basically. Absolutely. Oh, I agree. Um, and I'm very, tend to be like very obsessive about it. Like I just get stuck on things and just, I don't know, like I'll waste whole days just trying to write a song and get like two lines out of it. But I don't know. Well, how does it, how does it, kind of it's the opposite of performing in that i guess it's very it, just like intense and <laughs> is it kind of like you you approach it more like a stream of consciousness or do you have like an idea in mind like this scenario happened i want to write a song about it i don't feel like i ever like go in like oh i'm gonna write a song about this like every now and then it's just like i'll get like a line and like a line will pop in my head or like you know what i mean like a fun rhyme or like some type of like wordplay that i'm like oh that's kind of cool like that's interesting um, and a lot of times it just starts like that and I just kind of build from there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, try I, to come up with rhymes and then honestly, like once I figured out like, Oh, can I like rhyme this with anything or can I fit this into like a sentence and it not sound awkward? Then I start trying to like tell a story. The chords and stuff just sort of you, the words come first and then the music or vice versa. I mean, I'm it curious depends. because it's, I've been in so many different situations and like a band writing session is totally different than just sitting down with an acoustic guitar. And, and I don't know. It's, it's yeah, no, it's so it totally depends on the situation. Cause a lot of times I get ideas when I'm like in the car, like there's songs I've written the whole song, like start to finish just like on a 45 minute car ride. Cause like I'm bored and like, there's nothing on the radio or whatever. Can't get service for like Spotify and shit. <laughs> so like, there's times that I've like written whole songs and had to go back and try and fit the chords in after, which is a bitch and a half. <laughs> Don't do that, like ever. But it works. Um, and then there's times when I just like sit down with a guitar and like start with the chords. So it really just depends on the situation and what I'm feeling and like what I guess what specific thing has inspired me at that time or moment. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I mean. I mostly just play the guitar. I've, I've tried to work more into trying to put lyrics down and uh, words. I'm not, they escape me most of the time, especially when it comes to something like songwriting, which is usually very intense. Pause that. That almost sound like you drove over the fucking house. Drove. Flew over drove. the house. <laughs> that plane drove over the house. It's fine. I mean. All right. We good? Yeah. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, we're this is a new thing. We're going to try this and listen back. And if it sucks, then sorry, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, it'll be all right. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, creative processes. Like, um, in my experience, it's like being in a band. It's, it's you know, you could have one guy bring in a completed song. Mm-hmm. And, and other times, it's everybody sits together. And that can be like herding cats, too, you know, because everybody has different ideas. You yeah. get five people or, God, like Slipknot's got nine. I couldn't imagine. Oh, my. Jesus. <clears throat> but um, you do you do you and Cody write together at all, or do you all really just stick to covers and, and kind of do that? Or do you have a songwriting partner or anything like that at any given time? Uh, typically, I just write by myself. Uh, the majority of my stuff, I write alone. Um, just because I've been doing it so long, it's hard for me to, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't have really a desire to like co-write at this point in time. I'm sure at some point I will, but like Cody and I have written together a little bit. We have like one song that we've actually completed um, together. And that's definitely an interesting process because it's completely different than, you know, when I'm just writing songs by myself. Um, and he's kind of like, like what you were saying, like lyrics aren't his thing. Like he could sit there and like come up with chord progressions or whatever all day. Um, but lyrics just aren't really his forte. So our one song that we did write together, it took like five minutes between the two of us. Um, Like we had an idea. It's a ridiculous fucking song. Um, It's called The Three W's, which... Is that streaming? Maybe we can play it. It's not. It's not recorded. I wish it was. One day. We'll record it one day. Um, But it's one of those things where it's just like we're... It's like two in the morning or something. We're 
super high and uh, came up with this idea. And yeah, I was like, well, this could be a funny song, haha, totally joking. And he pulled out his guitar and I wrote down the lyrics and he came up with, you know, a melody and that was that and it was done. Yeah. Holy shit. And then. And like, then we never wrote a song again. <laughs> and that's the one hit wonder. Right. right. That's <laughs> the, five, that, the five minute song that, you know, <laughs> that you created out of thin air and then. Comes you got to play it for the next 30 years. Oh, yeah. no. Yep. <laughs> that's usually how it goes, right? Uh, that's like, I was listening to. Uh, Oh, talk radio. I can't remember who it was. It's one of those syndicated ones. <clears throat> I was driving home the other night, and uh, it was an old interview of Janie Lane from Warrant. And he was like, Cherry Pie, yeah, it came together in just a few minutes. And I had to play it for the next 30 years. Gosh. I hate that song. I don't know. I like that song. But I like uh, 80s hair metal from time to time. Uh, yeah, but you don't have to play it in here. You're very true. Very true. <laughs> I like it because I only hear it once every while on the radio, you know. <clears throat> So, okay, um, so songwriting was kind of your natural, that's where you're more comfortable. Yeah. Or were. When was the step to, to say, yeah, I think I can do this? I don't know, like, I really quit trying to, because I always tried to perform, like, I wanted to be good, at, you know what I mean? I wanted to like it. Um, and I completely quit when I was, like, 21-ish, probably 2021. 20, um, and then... But I kept writing, though, and, like, that never stopped. And so I was probably maybe, like, five-ish years ago, five or six years ago. Um, I was just like, God damn, I'm so tired of writing these songs and, like, nobody here. <laughs> like, I really like to be able to play these songs for people, which there was a way I could do that, you know, without getting up on stage and doing it. But I finally was just like, fuck it. I'm going to go to an open mic. Um, and so, yeah, I found a, an open mic to go to. And it was easier this time around because I had alcohol on my side. <laughs> and so, like, it's completely different being, like, 26 and having a couple of beers in the bar than being, like, you know, 19 and your parents and voice teacher and everyone you fucking know is, like, there in front of you. Right, right. Like, no, it's like, a way more laid-back situation around a bunch of strangers and stuff. And then, like, I just happened to have a really good experience, you know, the night, first time I got up and played at an open mic, there were a lot of really cool musicians there, they were really nice and supportive, and, like, really liked my original stuff, even though, like, I was a mess, I'm pretty sure I was shaking so bad, my guitar was probably out of tune, I didn't even have a case for it, I just showed up with my guitar, like, in my hand, like, hey, what do <laughs> well, I hey, do? Hey, that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I just got lucky in that, like, my first time doing it, I happened to make a lot of really cool friends that were really supportive and encouraging and they knew I was really scared. So they kind of helped to like push me out of my shell and like, but you get up there and sing. It's fine. <laughs> We've heard you. We know you can do it. Like, so I just kept doing it. And then it still was like a year or so before it wasn't really until like COVID when it was just like Cody and I kind of going around doing everything. That's when I really was like, okay, this isn't even scary anymore. It's yeah. just so it's just fun now. Well, especially during that time, it's like hell. People just happy to see you. Well, yeah, and it was just like you know? no fucks given. Like every single day was a new apocalypse. Like I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm just gonna play my music and live my life and have a good time. Yep. And we'll see what happens. That's how it gets. I mean, I I'm the same way. Like, all right, I've seen too much news. Time to just turn it all off and focus on some other shit. Because sure. the sky's always fucking falling. Always. So what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, what are some of the cats? I mean. You were came to us through Megan Marlene, who also uh, Scott Miles came through a friend of ours. But yeah, y'all are all kind of fell in that same. Y'all seem to cross paths a lot. Yes. <laughs> so, um, is there like a like a, a circuit little tour route? You guys kind of all play the the gigs that have that style, or is it just sort of how every all the all the chips fell? I mean, it just kind of happened. Scott's actually somebody I met. Um, when I first started going out to like open mics a lot, cause he hosts a couple of different ones throughout the city. Um, so he was actually like one of my, one of the first people I came across that was kind of like, you know, there to like encourage me and stuff. And then Megan, I think I actually met through like that same circle, but it's really mostly like, I can't tell you how many, the majority of musicians I know, I feel like I've met just going to like open mics and like jam night type shit. <laughs> 
It's weird. It's actually what I uh, I told this girl that like does like booking for the note and stuff. Uh huh. She's like, yeah, you know, like we have all these shows coming up, but the problem is like a lot of the bands that are playing, like it's always the same bands, and they've been doing that for like months and months, and people are kind of burned out on watching the same bands. I was like. Well then, go to some open mics, meet some artists. Like, yeah, there's like, so many out like, there. Don't just, don't just take whatever comes to you. But and then she goes, yeah. But the the problem is, the venue is willing to do them because they're willing to play for free. And it's like, yeah, you get a weird. That, we need to stop that back and forth. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to pay, then you get what you get. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And then and then you get mad whenever you know no no people show up to your shows. I mean, that's you yeah because they're used to listening to the same stuff over and over again. Well, and it kind of so. pisses me off from a. From a guy that uh, has been in the performer role and looking to get into the the more promotion side of things, it's like if you are calling yourself a promoter and that's your bargain is, oh, we don't pay. You don't call yourself a promoter or anything. There's no incentive to promote. Like, nobody's losing any. Like, well, the band is losing something. Like, their time. But, like... The venue's not losing anything. The promoter's not really losing anything. They just look like they're bad at their job. It's just, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird spot everything's in right now. Because it's like you have um, a lot of talent that is uh, kind of collected here after COVID, like the great COVID migration, I tend to call it. Yeah. But you also have a lot of people that are accepting, you know, half a night gigs four or five hour gigs for a couple hundred bucks and it's like i paid more than that in the early 2000s when i was starting out playing fucking gigs like this is this is a weird place we're in right now yeah but um, i and I, I don't know i haven't been in it either so i think it all depends on like the gig because i feel like there's definitely gigs like when you're first starting out that like it makes sense that you're not getting paid as much because you don't know what you're doing true. yet. Very true. And I feel like it's important that you have those gigs because otherwise, how do people get experience, you know? But there's a difference between like, oh, you know, I can't pay that much and, you know, I'm not going to be as picky and selective about my musicians because I can't pay that much and, oh, I don't think I should have to pay for music at all right. or, oh, well, I don't understand why any... Like, I come across some venues that like, it's like you give them a rate and they think it's absolutely outrageous that you'd add. And it's like, you know, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But other places can, it's not ridiculous for me to ask something when other people can pay it. I don't know. It's a weird thing right now, but I think a lot of it is just, I think a lot of owners, uh, manager, not managers, but venue owners, business owners don't expect, artists or musicians to have a backbone in negotiation yeah i think that's a lot of it mm-hmm. which is negotiation and in, in anything but to act like it's absurd to have a price yeah get the fuck out of here no shit yeah come on man and then again i don't know every detail about normal music fest but mm-hmm. i've heard very negative things from a lot of the acts uh-huh some of them were out of state that came through and it's like man something that big I mean, it's it's one thing to play a bar and and you know you know 150 people come through the joint, but when you're out of something like that and you have thousands of people show up, the whole town, you know, it's like open pry open the wallet a little bit, man. Come on. I feel like yeah yeah for sure. I don't know much about that either, um, but I feel like a lot of venues and like events and stuff kind of underestimate the importance of like hospitality towards artists. Um, especially with something like that, where it's like people are coming in from out of state. Well, shit, hold on. I can't multitask. Take a hit. Take a hit, girl. Ah. Let's do this. These headphones are falling off my ears. Guys. <laughs> well, because I've been holding them this whole time. You probably should give her the other ones. Ah. The there we go. Ah. Take flight. Let's do this. That's a hybrid there. Shit, I lost my train of thought. That's the idea. Um, oh, but yeah, just like <laughs> my bad, but like, fuck, <coughs> I got a whole situation. <coughs> Take your time. You're all good. I forgot. I if you want to, folks want to come on the local earshot and request marijuana, <coughs> we'll get you hooked up. I was ranting about something and I forgot what it was. Just oh. have to have a license. But you have to have a license. You have to have verify a license. your medical. You do have to have a license. Yes. Yes. Legal. 
<laughs> but yeah, underestimate the importance of like hospitality and just like making acts feel valued is what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, um, especially with a big thing like that, it's easy because like you're dealing with so many different artists to like, you know, be like, well, we're compensating everyone. That's enough. Or, you know, but like, is it? Because if you want people to come play your shit, like at this point, it's not like it was. 10 months after everything shut down where like gigs are scarce and far and few between like there's gigs all over the fucking place like I don't even get sad anymore when someone yeah, leaves me hanging because I'm just like it's fine there are so many other gigs yeah I, I think I've I've been invited to like 10 different events all on the same day in the last like few weeks and I'm just like I don't know what to do because I, I feel bad if I don't go to you know mm-hmm. one other person's show and stuff like that uh, me and my old lady try to check out a couple gigs a week and mm-hmm. Uh, up until here recently, that was enough to kind of at least keep up with just kind of how things were flowing and where people are at. But shit, this Memorial Day weekend alone, it, I saw five bands. Um, couldn't hardly tell you anything about them. One, 151 band was one of them I saw. Oh, I like that. Um, man, yeah, it was just a blur. And I, it, it kind of makes me think, like, well, I mean, I can't be everywhere at once, and it's in order to get a good report, a uh-huh. good, you know, when we come back on here and talk about it, it's like I kind of have to be able to just be a, that and not worry about it. But like he said, they're fucking everywhere. And it's like, ah! It's a good which, problem to have, though. Good problem yeah. to have. But well, that's I mean, also why I see the festivals becoming a, the, the way they are. Because yeah. there's just big rush to see as much as possible. And uh, another thing that we were talking about with her was like, um, or I was talking with her, was like uh, the... Working in cost, like, like you know, she's like, yeah, you know, we're tra- well, I had to talk them into upping the cost per ticket, um, you know, to work in a little bit of money that would go to the artists and mm-hmm. stuff as they play. And, um, but she goes, you know, obviously that's based on how many people actually show up. So it kind of leaves it on the band to actually go out there and promote, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'll tell you, like, some of the best promoting people I've seen have been punk bands. Punk bands got a following in their groups. They throw house parties in like their backyards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they they bring it. Like they they did want a party at a skate park, and like over like fifty people showed up. You know, to that show. That's awesome. Some of them were in the bands, but like you know, they were all there for for each other. And they do that at every bar they go to. They just like roll deep, and it's. Uh, but it's it's one of those scene things. That's just how it's always been in that yeah. scene. You know, they promote each other. Well, that DIY but, kind of punk ethos. You know that. No matter what's going on digitally, man, that, that man on the street way of marketing your shit works. Street yeah. teams, you know, man, it's warfare. just it's just <laughs> labor intensive, and that's that's the thing. Like we were saying, you can only be one place at a time, you know. Yeah. It's, but it, it's a it's a whole new thing, and and we're we're learning the whole game as we go too. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I agree. So. It's a cool time. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like when pot shops came in. It's like, they're still everywhere, but you're starting to see the bubble pop. Yeah. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the ones that are in it for the right reasons are sticking around. The other ones that were quick to cash, they're they're going out of business. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a thing at some point with all this music stuff that's going because right now it feels like the ever like everyone's a musician and yeah. everyone's every every place with like a corner big enough to be a stage is a music venue and you know what i mean yep and already it's like it's fucked up because like coming straight out of like summer 2020 it was really really easy for venues to like take advantage of how desperate musicians were for gigs you know like everyone had just been not working for like two or three months and musicians don't make a lot of money at the local level if anybody out there is wondering yeah we're all fucking broke <laughs> just just to be clear because all their money goes in equipment I mean, it, <laughs> yeah like, man, it's it's um, it is work but yeah like there are so many musicians just like desperate for gigs and like it's not it's not so much has changed just in the past year and a half since then and I don't know. I feel like people are raising their standards and it's going to get like to the point, like what you were saying, where people that are in it for the right reasons are, are going to be in it. And a lot of people are, are not going to be able to keep up. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you have to learn how to do it the right way or just get the fuck out because it's not working. I don't know. Um, yep. I sound terrible. Y'all should not no, have no, gotten no. me stoned for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're on point. I mean, it, it, a lot of it's not even anybody's 
fault. Like I had to walk away from the Hollis band mm -hmm. because schedules just, you know, it like concerts are big time picking up and I'm looking at this like, Oh, that's going to be Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. and it's like, that's prime time for what we do. And then it's like, I also have to report on these other bands and go out and see these locals. I, like, I just can't do it. It's yeah. nothing. It's just the way it happens, you know, yeah. but, and I've seen the same thing in poker, man. Poker was a boom. <clears throat> Huge. Everybody could come in and thought they could come play that game. Mm -hmm. I, and I made a ton of money off of them. I loved it when that was going on, but yeah. the bubble pops and now you, they weren't even running poker in the casinos I went to over Memorial Day weekend. Really? I think the Grand out in Shawnee's running it like three days a week. It's, it's not popular. I don't know. But hopefully that doesn't happen to music, at least not to that degree. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, mean, I think music's <laughs> going to stay popular. I don't think there's going to be a, a shortage of, of music or musicians or music events. I just think that it's going to be less bullshit, hopefully. Or a different kind of bullshit. Maybe like a better quality of... <laughs> Well, I think too, a uh, better quality of bullshit problem. Like one of the things I get annoyed with, like uh, it's like whenever I, I was telling you guys, hey, just hit me up, message me or whatever when you guys are doing like the Taco Tuesday and things like that. You yeah, know, those open mics because I um, I'm like because Facebook's telling me after the events or it's telling me like three days later Stupid and algorithm. That's and it's algorithm. Yeah. It's it's feeding you what you want to see and I apparently everybody. Has has it's been pushed into this like thing where they never see that stuff anymore because you can say you're going to go to an event and it still won't give you a notification the day before or the days before that happened to me on Elizabeth Turner's. Luckily, that ended up getting postponed because I would have missed the gig because it told me, uh, yeah, after the gig was scheduled, and then Elizabeth actually sent me a personal message saying that it's rescheduled. I'm like, good, I didn't get on the road, shit. And I and I feel this. I feel like I it affects that. artists too the same way that like whenever the first three months of this year, I started a method that I was reading online. It was like you know go on all these groups, just post your your episodes, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. So I started doing what it said. Yeah. And for three months, it was good. It was good. We were getting like a thousand listens, uh -huh. and then that numbers dropped all the way down to like less than a hundred. What the fuck? Because Facebook started doing this thing where when you look at our posts it says it says low uh, low engagement oh do you want to boost this one yeah. and it's always our episodes it's never any of this a random post that we do it's like it's always the episodes that's and so annoying i feel like i don't know i feel like for such a long time or for like you know at least in recent years such a long time for the last decade <laughs> it's not that long um like social media has been like a very useful tool in terms of like musicians marketing themselves but i honestly feel like that's kind of done like we're kind of steering I away think the from bubbles that popped on like that. i just mm -hmm. spent like 30 bucks at, through vistaprint having flyers made because i was like i'm so fucking done i got f frustrated with facebook because i was like even when you like spend money on marketing because i do um here and there like you get results but it's not like what the results were when i boosted a post like a year ago it's not good. And some of it, they say, is because people are, like, opting out of tracking, which, like, I'm, I guess that's good that people can do that. Like, that's great as a consumer. But as somebody who's trying to sell you shit, it's right. really fucking annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm just – I'm all out of ideas. So now I have fucking flyers. Like, it's the 90s or something. And people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what are you going to do? You're not crazy. What are you going to do with those? Like, I'm going to hang them on all the fucking walls. What do you think I'm going to do? I mean yeah, – put them in every, every car that you see, you know? Everything cycles, man. I mean, it's just the way it goes. But, I mean, same. Uh, Facebook and social media has become – that's how it started. MySpace started as music pr promotion, almost <sighs> exclusive. Oh, and it was an amazing It was interface. awesome. I, like, I've been trying to find that script just to bring back that interface where you could just go in the ABCs and just type in a band name or, or just look in, in your state and just see them. And, like, I'm literally working on building that platform yeah. right now. Like, morebands.com is literally that platform where it has an event thing where you could type in your city and it show you what's going on right now. Like, it's not, you know, and that's the idea. You have to get back to that because it's like nowadays, like, it, it gets flooded. I mean, like, when you look at Facebook's um, event section, it will tell you every event that's happening within that month. But then it will just like do it by priority of if they boosted it or whatever they did. Yeah. So if you don't boost it to the top and pay them money, then the people don't see it. So then you have to like go to local and you have to say tonight and you have to do all these like filters. But once you get those filters down, it's still 
doesn't show you – it still randomly pops those ones in there, and it just fills the feed with, with a bunch of random shit. And so you don't know what's going on. So go – got to plug it now. Go over to – Morebands.com. Morebands.com. Yeah, it ain't built yet, though. <laughs> oh, uh, is that? The, I guess you just had a. There's a there's a, a news seller on it. If you uh, type in an email, uh, then it, you'll get notified whenever I actually launch it. Okay, so, yeah. so go over to morebands.com and it's site soon to be launched. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, the idea that he has on that's it's it's basically all the things you miss about social media and especially where we are. MySpace was like really where i was just out of high school and in bands so i loved it you know and it was a really good thing and then it got bastardized and then they didn't even keep up with facebook and then everybody just jumped on that horse and now it's just uh, facebook is the worst it's like it's 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 this whole i hate it there it's an individual thing i honestly I, i i would look at marketing as like two separate things entirely like man on the street shit old school way and then because digital, it's like the Wild West, you know? I mean, and you have to do, do it differently on Instagram than you do on Facebook. You have to do a little bit different over here as you do over there. And it's, it's like, We had to take a whole class just for that, too. Just Here's a whole class explaining social media. And I'm like, thank God, because I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Like, can you teach me what TikTok is? I still don't fucking understand. I, well, so what I figured out with TikTok, the best thing to do, there's a website called headliner.app. Uh-huh. And what you do is you take your music... Cut about 30 seconds, and you can get apps on your phone that do this, but yeah. cut about 30 seconds, drop a photo on there, and just put that video on, on TikTok. Send it into the world. Well, create it When you first create a TikTok, uh, apparently it goes by distance first, uh-huh. and then it, then it starts adding in people from wherever. Yeah. So like it, it figures out what you like, but initially it just gives you TikToks in your – in your city, so so if you want to see people locally, then when you first get into it, just hit it hard, like doing that, and then just putting your music out there, and just but cut small tidbits of your music, and then put a link, and that's all you do. And and the, and the headliner dot um, app is like twenty five bucks a month, but it, it can make like f- like for a podcast, they make full episodes designed for podcasting, uh-huh. but for for that stuff, you can use it for music and audio and cool. But yeah, there's a way. Did you get in there, you need a lighter. Yeah, there's a way. There's a way to do that stuff where like y- you can market shit, mm-hmm. and then you just randomly post stupid videos. I mean, that's all people like. So. Hey man, people like we were telling Preeti, our friend in New York, sh- her cats have more hits than we do on Instagram. That's her great. cats are outright fucking celebrities. Well, cats are really cute. So <laughs> I get that. People people really dig cat pictures and stuff. Well, now her her hit DJ thing that she plays is a a song that her like boyfriend made, and uh, that he produced, and it's literally a cat song. It's that called the funny. Cat Lady, <laughs> and it's and it's a, it's a techno song, but in it it has like all these lines from like from like uh, the Simpsons and the Cat Lady like part episode and all that stuff. It's freaking awesome. It's pretty funny. It's That's pretty great. awesome, it pretty but cool. it has a bunch of meows in it and stuff. And, I love that. But like that that's her most popular thing that people like to her to play now. And it's hell it's yeah, like, and and I mean it makes sense. I, I like on YouTube. Uh, it, I was looking at the artists I actually follow on YouTube, <laughs> and it's like Oliver Tree and like Big Little, you know, or um, Little Big, and but artists like that they're comedy artists, and so they just like they write these like stupid videos. And back in the back in the day, I like, looked at their stuff five years ago, and it was like the American Russians because they're all from Russia. And so, like, it's like the American Russian episodes were just these stupid episodes that these guys would just like go out and try to make. They're like, let's make the best fucking album ever, you know. And then they, and then they, and then, and then it just cuts all these scenes where they just get like they get ripped off and like millions of dollars. And the, the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll produce you guys. Just uh, give me that bag of money you got there. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, I trust this guy. And then like five minutes later, they're like, oh shit, I'm broke, you know. And it's it's because they're getting robbed by the fucking industry and shit. Like the whole jokes in it, but that that that's how they got started. And then nowadays, people just know them for all their music and songs that are there. And now they're trying to write serious music. No yeah. one cares about it. <laughs> they only want to hear the comedy songs and the funny shit. So yeah, I mean that's uh, I, I, that I've seen more than one case where that happens. Someone gets in. It's like the one hit wonder thing we were just talking about. Like you you write this thing, it goes out, and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> shit. But I mean, it, they're also making a shitload of money, probably. So I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have a shit ton of money and be like a one hit wonder than have no money. For and sure. Have a bunch <laughs> and have a bunch of songs I take super seriously that no one listens to. <laughs> like if those are my two options, like let me be famous for five minutes and give me money. Yeah. Yeah. I can manage it at this point in my life. I don't think I'd go crazy, but uh shit. It's hell of a hell of a time to be alive. That's all I'll say to that, yeah, man. For sure. Uh do you want to play the new single Bad Habits or is it a something we can put on here? Yeah. What do you want to do with that? Um yeah, how do you wanna Oh, we can it. do Spotify or it's on Spotify, right? Yeah, it's on Spotify. Where'd this uh, come from? While well, he's loading it up, uh, this inspiration lyrically and all that. I don't know. Um, I wrote it a while back, quite a while back. Um, but it was basically just kind of like me exploring. I think it was like going through a point in my life where I was like partying way too hard and kind of like, oh, I gotta chill. I feel like a piece of shit. Really drinking too much. Happens to all of us. Happens to all of us. Yeah, and so like it was kind of me like kind of learning to like love myself, um, even like despite of all of that because I was like you know feeling really guilty about just like not being responsible, not having my shit together, and it was like okay, that's fine. That's stuff I can fix. You know, I can do better at that, but I'm not doing myself any favors by like beating myself up every step of the way for shit that I've already done and can't change now. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration for the song. That's a that's a very very good uh, message. Let's 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 hear it. I like that. Um, so who, who, are, who are the players on that track? Yeah. So um, I have Cody who did the all the guitar for me. Um, and then it was produced by my friend Travis Fox out of Clyde, Texas. Where'd you guys do that? Um, Notion Studio, except I think they recently changed the name. I don't remember what it's called now. So... My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I was like. I was acting like I was gonna try and look it up real quick, but I'm gonna take. I'm not That's bad. all right. Um, <laughs> no, it's yeah. Awesome. Very very good song. I yeah. like. I like. All that. That was very good. Thank um, you. Um, got a few things to mention before we wrap up here. I got Sisteria coming on next week. I need to reach out to them. Um, they played Norman Music Fest. I think they were the first band that was playing when we got there, and I was like. Damn, these chick can bet you know kill it. And then I was looking over at the bass player, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the guy from Mary Walker's. He was in our living room." And I was like, "Oh, and then the Mary Walker's were on next." So I'm like, "Oh shit, it, you know, everybody's everybody's in multiple bands right now." Seems like it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I got whispers of a 
possible festival. You remember Carter Combs from Studio House Project? Yep. He got uh, reached out to me this week, and he was like, you know any rock and roll bands out that kind of Oklahoma City way? And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, you know? And so I sent him a few of the people been on the show, uh, Hollis and a couple others, and uh, so what's going on, you know? And he says, well, I'm in talks with maybe putting together a festival. There's nothing concrete about this. It's only just putting feelers out. But uh-huh. I asked him if it'd be cool if I mentioned it on here, and he says, yeah, he's like, it's it's looking up as if it's going to happen. But he's like, it's not guaranteed, but... Um, yeah, uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that, everybody. Um, I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's something uh, with the idea in mind of like a Tulsa Sound. Yeah, probably a Tulsa, Tulsa Sound Festival. All their, but their group backing. Sounds like a very good idea. I love Tulsa music, you know, so it's all awesome. So, uh, so yeah, I'll reach out to him and, and get more info. If it happens, I'll definitely mention it on here and probably have him back on before it takes off if it if it is a success and have him come on and promote it. So... Uh, I think that about wraps it up, man. You want to run people through a value for value? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we run on the value for value system. What that means is that we don't um, that we we take limited sponsorship and we run on mostly donations. Uh, and so uh, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to the local earshot dot com uh, slash donate. Um, or you know, there's a tab that says donate, and, and there's many different options that you can do to give. Um, other ways that people give is with their time. So if you want to create album art or if you want to help us like send us photos and stuff if you're in photography and you do uh and you do events and stuff if you send me your photos then i'll I'll upload them on our page and stuff just make sure you have your watermark so you get you know actual like um variety on that and then i'll I'll put your name down so then people know that you do that kind of stuff um and then um as for um uh, talent. If you're an artist and you want to come on the show and talk about music, or if you work inside the music industry, then you can hit me up at john at the local earshot dot com, or you can um, hit us up on our Instagram page that is the local earshot. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. I think you got a little stone there, buddy. A little you, bit. You sure you want to smoke this bowl? Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see y'all later.